You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these half-hour segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. For this episode, though, my 101st episode, we're going to speak with a good friend and healthcare entrepreneur, Joshua Titus, co-founder and CEO, or founder, sorry, and CEO of Gozio Health. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Justin, thanks for having me back on here. It's been a little while. Yeah, no, you were one of my very first guests when we launched the This Justin Radio Show back in 2015, and you were just bringing, yeah, you were just bringing Gozio to market. Um, and uh, and we reconnected the other day, and I was very excited for the opportunity to have you back on air, talk about um, kind of your successes. I followed you on Twitter. Um, I see um, how you guys are, uh, you know, getting great endorsements and getting new customers and um, and really growing. But I haven't had a chance to kind of dive in and hear how it's going from the inside. So I, I see what's happening on the outside and, and love it. And um, as you know, I have a real special passion for what you're doing, the patient experience and watching consumerism and healthcare take off. You know, I, I saw Gozio from the very beginning so perfectly placed to enable those strategies, but then also help us, um, help the industry understand more about consumerism. We have to have it. Patients deserve it. We're paying for it, you know, in so many ways. So right. it's really cool to, uh, you know, to have you back on air and, uh, and, and go through some of this. So I think as a starting point, um, let's just kind of go from the beginning. So when technically were you, it was Gozio Health founded, and, and then I guess you began to go to market in 2015, but you've had some great maturation. So to kind of start us off a little bit there. That's right. We, we came out of stealth mode, I guess it was maybe back uh, somewhere in 2014, and then really got our, our first customer um, in um, 2015. Um, and since then added, and I was tallying up the numbers the other day for some, some pieces we were putting together, and honestly, it, it blew my mind just a little bit to actually see them written down. And mm -hmm. you know, tens of thousands of users, hundreds of locations, 15 hospitals from Illinois through Miami, um, and those are the ones that are sort of announced and, and yeah. up and running, um, and a pipeline behind those. So it explains why the team has been working so hard <laughs> when I actually see the numbers in front of me. Um, and like I said, you know, we got some awards, some endorsements. Uh, I think the one probably that we're most proud of and was, was maybe the most bruising to achieve was the, uh, the American Hospital Association. They reached out to us and, you know, maybe the, the top competitors in this field and, and put us through a pretty bruising, um, rigorous process. And lo and behold, at the end of it, um, we were exclusively endorsed for wayfinding. Um, so that's a really big deal. And that has sort of forced us out of, you know, we were focusing maybe in the Southeast to mm -hmm. start with. And now the calls come in from Colorado and Stanford and, you know, across the U.S. And so it really is a, a little bit of a forcing function for us to mature and, and um, spread out of the Southeast. Yeah. So, and I like this show, this show, you know, I try to focus on entrepreneurialism, obviously sprinkle in a lot of healthcare and, and startup. 
Um, you're obviously past uh, the startup phase, but take a step back before we go deep into the, the all the new customers and the growth. Who were your first adopters? And then also, you know, how did you pick them? Because obviously that's very calculated. It's very important to pick the right partners out of the gate for all entrepreneurs, because that can really help you either achieve great success or hit a big speed bump out of your, your first uh, out of the gate. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, and absolutely. And this was something that, that we learned. And I think we may have even talked about this um, when we last spoke, Justin, yeah. but it was that, you know, we were coming out of sort of Silicon Valley. Innovation was just built into our DNA yep. and to run into to healthcare, where that's not necessarily true, was really um, educational for us to understand, wow, OK, innovation is not necessarily a good word in some hospitals. And right. so you know, when you say, how did you how did you select your first customer? Really, they had already pre-selected. We just needed to find them, right? And we were fortunate enough to meet up with Donna Hyland, the CEO at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. And she has, inside her organization, cultivated uh, or built this culture where innovation is it's okay, right? It's okay to know that, look, we're going to move three steps ahead, and we may take one back because we're trying things that no one's done before, and that's okay. And it's, you know, so they pre-selected. This, this was their culture, and when we met up with them, it was clear that that we were going to work well together. Um, Children's Healthcare is, is uh, was our very first customer, and it remains an uh, excellent customer. Um, really enjoy working with them, and uh, just a great group of people. Um, and we've done a lot of innovative things with them, uh, including expanding on the kiosk and all sorts of different mm. features and integration points and, and fun stuff. So they continue to be an innovative partner, um, and we we do things together. We speak together. We we still spend quite a bit of time with their team. So fantastic first partner. Couldn't have picked a better one. But again, it wasn't so much of me saying, <clears throat> here's the one. It was knowing what we needed. And when we found it, you know, um, making the making the marriage work. Yep. And then I think inside of I think one of the when we first uh, met and had you on air, I think you spoke a little bit about that, of having the right culture for sure inside of children, which they, they do foster. But then also having the right sponsors. I think that was one of the people I believe her name was Gina. I think you had the right sponsors that had the right attitude. And it was just a great recipe for success. I think that's just a good testament to how startups and, and young companies need to start is, is finding those right ingredients to the recipe for long-term success. 100%. Could not agree more, Justin. There has to be someone inside of, of the organization that you've set their hair on fire, that they're going to raise their hand every time and say, well, you know, this company can do that. And they're going to stay at it long enough and beat that drum long enough for you to be able to, to get in and, and show them what you can do. Um, there's just so much noise inside of these huge organizations of things they could do. Mm -hmm. You need someone that is going to keep beating the drum for you. Um, absolutely key. You're right. Yeah. And I think it's, this is, this is a good lesson for entrepreneurs because a lot of them listen to the show. And I think it, you were meticulous in who you, they were self-selected through their innovation and what they cultivate as a culture there. But also you, you know, because you, you said no to people and you've turned down contracts and, and saying no is just as important as saying yes to the right contract and getting agree. the right people. So, you know, what are your thoughts there? A hundred percent agree. Yeah. It's uh, especially with a small team, you, yep. you can't have, uh, you know, a, a misstep at that stage would have been possibly fatal. Right. So yeah, you need to choose that first customer um, as best you can, yep. as best you can. Very true. So what did you learn? Obviously it's always important with your first one or two implementations. What did you learn there? What best practices did you take from the children's implementation and deployment? And then, and then, so let's start there. Yeah, where, how did you start there and what did you learn there from best practices? 
I think the one of the main things that we learned was, you know, we were um, we solved a very specific problem, which is, um, and this is I'm rewinding the clock here. We solved a very specific problem, which was wayfinding. How do I get you from your house to parking to your your point of care? And I think what we realized when we really began engaging at a, a daily level with the customer was that that value proposition in in and of itself was was potent, but it was a little bit narrow shouldered. And we begin to hear the other problems that they actually have. And they begin to realize that, look, if we have the eyeballs of the patient and visitor, here are the things we'd really like to do. So it was, it was that interaction with the customer to understand what their other problems were, what else we could solve. And that really helped us sort of broaden uh, our offering. And I think if uh, there was a real learning for that for me, and there's, there's probably more than one, but one of them definitely was, I wish I would have engaged with the customers earlier to hear what was important to them and what wasn't. We spent lots of time on some things that just at the end weren't that important to the customer. We also didn't spend some time on some things that because they seem simple technically or aren't challenging for us or, or interesting, right, to be honest. Uh, but this is a real problem for customers and we can solve it, that that is important. So I think I would have engaged a little earlier, maybe not polished quite as much before we engaged. Um, and this is what you'll read in, you know, you know, pick your how to run, how to do a startup yeah. book and, and they'll tell you those things engage early. Um, and I would have to echo that. Um, so it was the learning about how to to extract the problems that you can solve from the customer and solve them for them. I think the other thing that we learned was that there's really sort of a, a two step process for us. And one of those is that, um, you know, how do we get people to actually download and install an app for a hospital? What is what is going to compel people to do that? And, and we've always said the promise of not getting lost. I'm going to handhold you through the process. This is why people would download the app. And our analytics have shown that that has turned out to be true. But what we've learned is that how people actually use the application once installed mm -hmm. is not necessarily 100% for wayfinding. What they do is they use it to save their spot at the urgent care. They use it mm -hmm. to grab some time on the doctor's calendar. Any of those things by themselves wouldn't necessarily compel you to install the app. But once installed, it makes it sticky. So that two-step process that we learned, and, I, and I'd love to claim genius on this, and we saw it coming, but really we fell into it and now understand it. It was the promise of not getting lost and getting to that hospital on time and low stress. This is why you install the app, but why you keep it installed. Right. What makes it sticky are these other features. And so that is our real learning there, Justin, is that there's sort of a two-step process, get it installed, make it sticky so that they keep it on their phone. Um, and that's that's where we are today. Yeah, no, that's that's what makes being an entrepreneur so exciting is because you it's you know, you, you blood, sweat and tears. But then you start when you start to learn and you see how your innovation and how your creation morphs and what you learn from that. And that's just that's just there's endorphins that run just from that process. And uh, and you guys got to experience it. But then also you brought up the customer discovery is, yeah, it's in every startup 101 book. Um, but you know, it's always a, you, you're, it's no matter how much you pre-plan, you can never do enough customer discovery in some way, or you're, you're always going to find out more and you're going to learn more sitting with a customer. And, and that's kind of the fun of it. And that's what you get to learn. But customer discovery is so critically uh, important um, in the early days, but also you, we need to do that all the time. I mean, as entrepreneurs and builders of companies, that customer discovery is should be a consistent loop that should never go away. We should never get too far from our customers' needs and solving our customers' problems. So, yes, a spot on. Um, so obviously, all that you've learned and in, in your success, you guys had a, a lot of great wins. The AHA endorsement, I remember seeing that, and I did put a huge smile on my face. I mean, you know, <laughs> you guys are, you know, you started off in Silicon Valley, but you're Atlanta-based company, and it's kind of cool to see the AHA, you know, endorsing. Um, a, a local company here. So that was very cool. 
Uh, but then tell us about some of the other wins and how you guys have progressed across, uh, you know, the southeast, but then outside of the southeast. Yeah, our, our wins have been um, kind of kind of in two directions. One of them is, of course, just simply adding more customers. But just as importantly, I think we have morphed into becoming a complete mobile strategy, which means that for all the customers that we have, we've actually gone completely system wide. So, you know, we may start with a hospital, but we end up doing the entire system. And this is a lot of our growth has been along that axis today. So it just made sense to tie this one hospital into the three hospitals into an entire virtual campus and the 100 offsite locations and the local Walgreens. And as we create this sort of virtual world that the, the person can then go go experience um, you know, healthcare within. So when if I'm at Piedmont, for instance, which is a recent one, and I, I do a search for things, everything that I discover in there is inside this Piedmont universe. Uh, which is really valuable for the hospital in terms of revenue leakage and, and also just making sure people know about the amenities that are there. Um, that combination of things has been pretty powerful. So our growth has been new systems uh, as well as blossoming out within the systems that we've already won a hospital. Now that's very cool to, yeah, to have that longitudinal growth as well as the, uh, the latitude. So very, very cool. So talk about, um, you know, the robust feature set, because I think that's the part that I, I haven't stayed in touch with. I haven't seen as much about, but obviously as healthcare is evolving, we've evolved a lot in the last couple of years. How is your, well, first of all, talk about some of your features and, and then how has your features grown um, and evolved with healthcare enterprises? So, yeah, it's interesting. We, we talked about a little bit earlier, um, some things that didn't seem quite as important to us that we only later learned how incredibly important they are. And a simple one, and there's certainly some more complex features and integration points that we have, but a simple one mm -hmm. that is incredibly important. And that in a lot of our sales pitches, we end up getting the most questions on is parking. Believe it or not, parking is such a huge pay point for our customers, especially ones who are, you know, multiple parking decks on a campus. Um, so what we you know decided that well this is this is important and it's the beginning of your patient experience when you sort of show mm -hmm. up and so what we'll do is um you know you pull in and we'll save your spot you know remember exactly where you park and then when you need to get back there we'll handhold you back to your car right this is what we do you can take a picture of your spot you can you know text yourself a location you can hit just save my spot here and it'll put a you know a dot on the map that we'll get you back to type thing um so that parking is, is sort of unglamorous and unsexy as that is is really important to the customer. So we have a really good parking experience that we've built up now. Um, that's one thing. A little more uh, high level, and this is where I'm really excited for, for sort of Gozio, is that, you know, we started out doing very literal navigation, right? Get you from here to here, you don't get lost and get you back again, right? What we're moving towards is a more figurative navigation, navigating sort of the full patient journey. So mm -hmm. for instance, when you go in today and you say, I need an x-ray. And what happens is, well, you probably mean imaging. Is that, yes, okay, imaging. Well, in imaging, typically you're gonna to actually go to registration first. Would you like to go to registration first and then we go to imaging? So we're understanding what that patient journey is gonna look like. And again, very simple example there, but that's where we are today and what we're able to do. And I see that growing out such that the entire episode, if I have been diagnosed with this, the next six months of my life looks like this with three visits and four follow-ups. and the entire sort of episode there is, and I'm handheld through that. So still doing the low level nav, but but, but moving up a, a level in general in terms of um, helping me navigate the entire experience. And that's where we're headed. And that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Now, when you mentioned Piedmont, the very first thing, because that actually is yeah. my healthcare system, Piedmont, I cringe about the parking. 
because and, and now how I've navigated that because I have to find solutions just the way my brain works is I had this special deck yes. that I could make myself I could usually find and find a certain spot this one little row that I that I know I could go to that could find a parking spot because it was just it's there's so many decks it's very complicated it was stressful and I'm I'm you know a smart guy and I still got stressed about it. never mind a population that isn't friendly with with um with technology or friendly with um, being able to, or even being able to walk right. great distances. I mean, there's so many attributes <laughs> to um, to having this type of of, um, of platform and and, um, and guidance. So, I mean, I, I just stress, and also you you mentioned um, children's. I mean, there's like I, I don't know that you know the number. I don't. It's like five or seven campuses around Atlanta. Do you know how easy to, and I actually know how people go? To, they've gone to the wrong campus before, and the, and. Oh. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's and they're they're very similar names, and they're could be thirty minutes apart. So certainly oh, traffic. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Justin. Yes, and, and I see you for some reason as you mentioned that I'm thinking South Deck Orange Level. I can see you waiting on a spot to open up there right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. So uh, for those just tuning in, we're speaking with Joshua Titus, uh, founder and CEO of Gozio Health. So highlight a little bit of uh, of what you and your team have learned about the patient experience strategy, because that was somewhat new and evolving, but you guys are on the front tip of that. I mean, you guys are on the tip of the spear of patient experience. So what have you learned uh, in that regard of the last couple of years? Well, you know, when we started out, there was, to my knowledge, zero. There were no chief experience officers in hospitals in the U.S., at least none that we ran across. Mm -hmm. And today, there's at least 125, and that number continues to grow. Yeah. So that is a real simple measure of patient experience has become important to hospitals at a high level. I think it always was, certainly at the caregiver level, but that's bubbled up now and become a, a chief role where this person now has a budget and a seat at the big table and their ideas are being heard and they're being given real problems to solve. And often wayfinding is one of those problems. So having that chief experience officer there has been, been key for us. Uh, the other thing is, um, <clears throat> These folks are, are new to their role. Uh, the Barrel Institute, which we're a member of and, and we speak with sometimes, and they have an um, uh, uh, annual meetup, which is great. But one of the breakout sessions that I loved, said, uh, the title was, So You're CXO, Now What? <laughs> <laughs> and it really sort of underscores the, you know, what does it mean to, to, to be in charge of uh, patient experience and what does that look like? So I feel like we've been, we're, we're fortunate, Justin, because it's rare that things line up such as you're at the intersection of, the things required to be successful, right? So it's this patient experience is bubbling up and becoming very important to healthcare. It's that people are addicted to their mobile phones, mm -hmm. right? There are problem solving companions that were never, you know, 10 feet from them. I, I read a report, uh, you know, you're more likely to turn around and pick up your phone if you've left it at home than your wallet. Um, and the technology, the third piece of that overlap is that there, the phones do have the sensors and our platform does have the technology to allow us to do what we do, which is to you know, position you indoors very accurately. So patient experience, technology, mobile being uh, ubiquitous, those things happening at the same time. Um, it's rare, but I do feel like we're at the right place at the right time for this. So, Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, so t you talk about that location and in, in indoor wayfinding and the precision. The last I knew, it was like six feet. I mean, that, that's which is just mind-boggling if you think about six feet around you, and that's how close you can navigate somebody and how tightly. Is that still accurate and true? It is, yeah, and that's our dynamic accuracy. If you're walking as fast as you can and hang a left by the stainless steel elevators, and with our latest generation of robots, we're down to, I think, 
4.25 feet was the last measurement that we did on site, um, which again, no one's ever been completely lost at 10 feet and found at six, right? That doesn't yeah. happen, but Correct. again, the engineering DNA, so you know, our pocket protector sort of poked through there, and you can see that we're <laughs> we continue to polish on that. Um, but really, the 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 direction and, and where the big improvements have been is not no, so much around the indoor portion, which we've we've kind of had nailed for a while. It's how do we make that that smooth integration between an indoor and an outdoor experience, a parking in an outdoor and then an indoor, and it's all those various transitions, right? If you think about a campus now, not a hospital, but a campus where my parking deck may be half a block down and not connected to the main hospital. Um, how do I get from that parking deck and where I parked down the sidewalk across the street and to my point of care deep inside this, this hospital? Um, so the problems are really more about uh, integrating between those different areas now, um, and that's where we're spending a fair amount of time and where most of our innovation is coming out today. Yeah. On the technicals. Uh, and on, on the really nerdy stuff, that's that's where we're, where we're working. So kind of going down the, the nerdy side, I guess, how do you guys, how, when this is also the strategy side, how do you guys see yourselves evolving in healthcare? You mentioned that, you know, you started off just, you know, wayfinding and, and aspects like that, but now you are a true mobile platform for these health systems. How, what, right. what additional features do you see six months, 12 months, or even 18 months down the road inside of your platform? One is the patient journey and, and just the, um, you know, I've been diagnosed with this thing. Here's what the next six months of my life looks mm. like. And it, and it walks you through that from, from getting to the appointments to that you have an appointment to, to moving things around, just, just that whole experience, what to expect, the education aspects of that. So that's, that's one thing that I, I think. Medication adherence, would that be too? So that's all part of the journey? Like it is part of the journey. Okay, yeah, cool. It, it, it is. And, and, and the piece that plays into that, Justin, is we don't need to go reinvent the wheel for each of these different touch points. We have the capability in our platform, and this is really um, something that we built out over the last two years, to pull in other applications, other websites, other pieces that the hospital already has, and, and integrate them cleanly into the sort of one app to rule them all strategy. So for instance, children's found through their focus groups that being able to find uh, compounding pharmacies was mm -hmm. absolutely critical to their, to the, the parents basically who are who are on site and that they're not easy to find. I think there's maybe 12 in Atlanta and their hours are this and that. So, you know, we very quickly pointed to something that would allow them to hear all the compounding pharmacies, ph uh, pharmacies near me. Uh, there was a, a great uh, online um, uh, feature that was available where you put in the drug that you need and it'll show you where the best prices are for this, right? Mm. We integrated that in because that was something that paid. So, so we have the ability to take these different disparate apps, whether it's a, you know, high, uh, app for high school coaches to determine, you know, uh, concussion risk uh, or, you know, MedFinder to get some, you know, where are my inexpensive uh, medication. All of these things can be sort of tucked under a single platform. And so I think that sort of that strategy will continue. So when you, um, Piedmont, for instance, has their um, telemedicine uh, portal plugged mm -hmm. right into the app, right? That kind of, we didn't have to go reinvent that or even select a vendor. Um, they chose who they wanted and then we just tucked it in underneath their, their main app. And I think that will continue and will allow us to do the type of things like you mentioned. Um, so those are the, the two things is patient journey and the, the deeper, the deeper integration. Awesome. So we have a couple of minutes here left. What, sure. Do you see, obviously healthcare is strong. Um, you've got a lot of great growth uh, over the last couple of years. Do you see yourself spitting out into a new vertical or just saying, no, Hey, we're heads down. This is, this is excellent. We're going to keep this one, you know, uh, going. What do you, what do you see for other verticals and or your growth in healthcare? 
Well, for Gazio Health, absolutely 100%. Gazio Sports may be a different radio show, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> Uh, no, health, health is where my heart is right now. This okay. is I, we're, we're doing good stuff here to see patients use your application. I got to tell you, Justin, it makes the it inoculates mm-hmm. you against all of the sort of the work that goes into creating it uh, to see someone who's actually using it, using it and enjoying it, using it. And it's making a day that may otherwise be, you know, not the best day of your life right. better. Right. It's, it's very fulfilling. Um, so uh, we're going to stay strong in healthcare. Are we getting pulled in? Do we get invites from all sorts of other things we do. Um, and to date, I've been disciplined enough to say, not right now. Yep. Um, yeah. Talk talk to me in six months. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great answer. There's so much opportunity and we're just scratching the surface, as you know better than I do, we are. about the patient experience and about you know how your technology and your platform, your innovation will continue to involve and help healthcare. So it, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's very important to stay focused to optimize your opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So in closing, I love to ask this question of all my guests. It's actually become its own show. My producers make it into its own show of just all these clips. But what okay. is your favorite place to get or be inspired? Okay. Well, uh, this is going to sound horrible, but it is the truth, especially <laughs> when we're talking about inspired about what we're talking about today. Yeah. I love being at a table with the customer and them airing their dirty laundry. These are the things that we have trouble with, Josh. This is what we stub our toe on. These are the things that we are are really struggling with right now. Getting that level of honesty and access to what these people are facing and then bringing some technology to bear to solve that, I love that. I am inspired when I hear, this is the real issue, huh, guys? Well, let's go see what we can do. I love it. That is where I I leave those meetings inspired to, to go do new things. So... For me, unfortunately, and it's not, <laughs> it doesn't sound that cool, but sitting around a table with a customer, uh, with them telling me what their real problems are, that is my, uh, my place of inspiration for sure. Well, no, that's actually, to be honest, that's the most popular answer with real, true, pure-hearted entrepreneurs. Funny. <laughs> yeah, you, what you, you sit and what, you just hear opportunity. You hear, I can solve your problems, and you get a passion and a drive for solving problems, and that's what makes a phenomenal entrepreneur. So it's uh, no, it's actually it's a great answer. And it shows that uh, you're in the right place (laughs) for for uh, for what you're doing. So Joshua Gozio Health, thank you very much for joining me again on air. Would obviously love to have you back uh, in a year or so. Would love to stay attuned to uh, to your journey and your success. 101 shows, Justin. Nicely done. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. No, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody. For, uh, for joining us today and listening. Uh, please tune in weekdays, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustIn so we can respond to your comments from the show. In addition, all my content will be posted at JustinBarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week. 